The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Melanie Yalvington and Kimberly Taylor and are for entertainment purposes only. We mean no disrespect to the victims nor their families. And thank you for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscribe and follow button and like us. Veil of Humanity is a weekly podcast where we give you a look behind the human-like mask killers wear. So, let's dive on in. In less than 24 hours, the woman imprisoned for running over and killing her husband is going to be a free woman. Clara Harris is going to be released from prison in Gatesville tomorrow. Our Kathy Hernandez looks back at this high-profile case and what's next for Harris. Good afternoon. Clara Harris will walk out of the crane unit here in Gatesville tomorrow morning. We're told that two friends will pick her up. She'll get straight in their car and drive away, headed for the Houston area. An accident. Those were Claire Harris's words back in 2002, the same night the then Lake Jackson dentist ran over her husband, 44-year-old Dr. David Harris, killing him. Claire Harris suspected her husband of having an affair and confronted him and a woman at this Hilton, NASA Clear Lake in Nassau Bay. The fight moved outside. A private investigator, Clara Harris, had hired, then shot this video showing her Mercedes circling the parking lot over his body. During trial, a jury found her guilty of murder, agreeing she acted in sudden passion. They gave her the maximum sentence. On Friday, she'll be a free woman for the first time in 15 years. What is up, my crime crazy people, and welcome back to Veil of Humanity. For your hosts, Melanie Yelvington and Kimberly Taylor. And today we are bringing you the case of Clara Harris, a Texas woman who ran over her husband for cheating. Mm. Did I sound like I had a smile on my face when I said that? <laughs> a little bit. Miss, I think a I did. Bit. I think I did. Whoops. So grab your favorite beverage and a pillow to scream into as we take a look at a woman scorned. And just so y'all know, if you didn't by now, we are fans of the cursy words and we will probably drop several in this podcast. Sorry, Courtney. Trigger warnings, y'all. Murder and discussion of affair. Okay, Bess, are you ready? I don't know. This one seems kind of touchy, you know? It's a touchy subject here, you know? It, it is. It's it's one of those that just kind of, it's been a debate for ages, I think. I mean, it is like the, one of the top three reasons. For divorce. For divorce and for murder. Murder. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So how would you react if you found out your spouse was cheating? Are you, are you asking me for real? Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Disclaimer, this is just our opinion, y'all. <laughs> so one thing about Miss Claire Harris is she loved her Mercedes. She was also a dentist from Houston, Texas, and in July of 2002, was a pretty and likable 44-year-old woman. She was married to David Harris, an orthodontist, and he was very successful at this. The pair had met in 1991 and would go on to marry a year later on Valentine's Day in 1992. Oh, how romantic. Very romantic. Because oh. I don't know, in the, and I think they used to, but in the state of Texas, you could go down to Austin and they would marry like a bunch of people at once on Valentine's Day. Really? Yeah, I knew somebody who did that. I don't, I'm not saying that they did that. I'm just saying it's something Texas would do. Yeah. 
She was quoted as saying, I have found the best in regards to David. In 98, she gave birth to twin boys and held a great relationship with her stepdaughter, Lindsay. July 24, 2002, David wanted, decided that he wanted to spice up his life and <laughs> not with his wife. Oopsie. He decided at this time to meet up with a receptionist who worked in his office by the name of Gail Bridges. She sounds like a weather reporter. <clears throat> Gail now. <laughs> now weather. Gail. Gail Hailstorm. <laughs> so she had recently divorced her husband. His name was Stephen Bridges. He was a very popular State Farm agent. Shout out to State Farm. Oh, boy. The couple had lived in an exclusive neighborhood in Friendswood, which is kind of a suburb of Houston. So they divorced in November of 2000, and after that, she would have to downsize in her home and her belongings. She started with the, the orthodontist office in August of 2001, making only 1800 a month, but really enjoyed her job. Yeah, I bet she did. She's getting those perks. Wow. February of 2002, David and uh, Gail would actually start seeing each other. You know, it just started with casual lunches. But by April, May, you know, they were they were getting intimate with each other. Hmm. The two began meeting at the Hilton, where Dr. Harris had his wedding reception. Oh, boy. That is where the couple would be that fateful July day. I cannot imagine. I, I can't either. <clears throat> yeah, actually, I can, but that's another story. Um, so he would use cash to purchase the room and would do it under an alias. When the two came back to the lobby hours later, well, his wife and daughter would greet the two in the lobby. Oh boy. If he said anything at this point, you know, it was not hard from witnesses on scene. What is remembered is that conversation about that conversation is Claire screaming and leaping towards Gail. You bitch! He's my husband! Gail was then slapped and had her shirt ripped. This is Dr. David Harris and he is fucking this woman right here. All of this was going down while Lindsay, his daughter, could be heard shouting at her father, I hate you! Over and over again. Can you imagine how chaotic this is? I'm trying to picture it, and I wish there was more video of this. Like, I've seen the video of the aftermath, the murder, but I don't think there was video of coming from inside this lobby. I would love to see that, though, honestly. No, but there's the one out there of her. You can see her running around outside in the dark. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So the employee, the employees tried to come between all of this, but with the rage inside of Clara, there was no stopping her. The doctor had to take his hand and put it on his wife's head and push her to the floor to make that fight stop. Oh my gosh. Gail, the mistress, she was then quickly escorted outside to her car. Thinking this was over, Clara and her stepdaughter were also then escorted out to her Mercedes and asked to leave. At this point, no, no cops were called. Nothing. They were just like, you know, you know, leave the premises. This has got, you know, get off my property type of thing. Right. So, at this point, Clara is in a rage. Her mind is having intrusive thoughts. Normally, we ignore these. We just we just let them go. They just happen. But not today. They won. It was not for her that day. Well, no. Mm -hmm. 
She started her car, gunned the engine, and sped towards David and Gail. Their Mercedes would kind of bounce off of Gail's car, but would hit David before he could just move out of the way. He would be sent flying 25 feet across the parking lot. Wow. According to witnesses that were outside, the stepdaughter tried to leap out of the car screaming. She wasn't sure. They weren't sure if she was trying to escape or just run to her father or even stop the car at this point. Just something. Right. Because it was shock and she didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. At this point, Mrs. Harris was completely out of control, not letting anything stop her. Not only, y'all, this is a huge trigger warning. Not only did she aim her car at his body and hit the accelerator for a second time to hit him, she whipped that car around and drove over him two more times. Yep. In total, she would hit him three before she actually came to a stop. At that point, Lindsay ran out of the car and punched her stepmom in the face. I don't know that I could have controlled myself either. Yeah, I don't think so. <clears throat> Clara was in shock, not sure what had just happened or what she needed to do at this point. She could be heard saying, I am so sorry, I love you, and held him in her arms. So she got out of her car, battered car, I'm sure, yes. running him over several times. And held, and held him, him and held him while he, he was at this point dead, I believe. Whoa. So, but in her mind, she was not recognizing what had just happened. Right. So after she was arrested and bonded out on a 30K, she, she changed her hair and tried to kind of downplay her appearance. And even in court, she sat between two friends in just like a nice pantsuit, just staring ahead blankly in tears. She even still wore her wedding ring to that day. Man, she was devastated for sure. She was. She hired attorney, defense attorney, George Parnum, um, who actually defended Andrea Yates. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So he was quoted as saying she was having issues believing David would never again walk through their front door. So Clara, you know, she was the talk of the town at this point. People were, you know, people were actually siding with her. Um, saying that she shouldn't be punished too harshly for what she had done. They were stating that David had actually signed his own death warrant by simply walking out with his mistress. Yeah. I can't agree with that because what if we turn the tables? If we turn the tables and we'd she, be saying the she same. She cheated, so she deserved it. Yeah, that's we wouldn't pretty that much what everyone's woman. saying. Yeah. No, that's not he right. He cheated, he deserved it. That's not right in my mind, but. Okay. Nobody deserves death at this point. Right. So, uh, according to Texas Monthly, they stated that one woman had stated Clara had simply acted out the fantasy of every woman who learns their husband has had an affair. I can't disagree with that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Biz, I think we were talking about something like that similar to mm -hmm. when we... Uh, Maybe something similar. But it, it may be, you may think about it, but it does not mean you need to act on it. I am not condoning violence, y'all. Right. It's almost like you can look, but you cannot touch. Yes. You can shop, but you cannot buy. Exactly. You can think, but you cannot act on it. Yes. Do not touch. Look, I, you, we all got eyes. We can all see. That's fine. You touch. We, got, we need to talk. <laughs> so, like Claire, the mistress had gone into hiding after the murder due to people hounding her about, you know, well, being the mistress. 
So although this would not be the first time that Miss Gail Bridges would be accused of an affair, during her divorce, her ex claimed she was carrying on with her best friend. Whoa. Yeah. And even that best friend's husband accused the two women of having an affair as well. Oh, my gosh. There She's... was never any definite evidence presented. Busy. Yeah. Busy, though. There was a lot going on with that. Mm, yeah. In fact, just for a fun fact, those two women appeared on an episode of Sally, Jesse, Raphael in 2001. No way. Showing my age here, but I love that show. <laughs> Them glasses. Yes. She was an icon of the 90s, though. For sure. They went on the show in disguise to discuss their former husbands and try to act like they were lesbian lovers and everything. Oh. It's like a huge deal. Yeah. I tried to find the episode, but I couldn't find it. So... How did Claire learn about this illustrious affair? He simply confessed. He sat her down on July 17th and told her about the lunches and the nights at the Hilton. Oh, my God. She immediately wanted to um, confront the mistress, and of they course. did. And she fired her. She said, you can no longer work here. But two days later, called her continuously, and the mistress had the cops called on her. For terroristic threat. Wait, she was terrorizing the mistress? Yes. Clara. Clara was. So when she fired her, that wasn't good enough. She was like, oh no, this she's gonna You know how those thoughts just sit and build and build and build and eventually you just wanna act on it oh, or do yeah. something she's, dumb on it? That's kinda what she did. She was like, I just gotta totally call and talk to her. Doing right now. It's just consuming her. For sure. Oh my god. Yeah. Um but I mean, Friends stated that she just wanted to thank Gail for opening her eyes. Mm. I'm not sure if thinking's the right words, but okay. No, that's not what she <laughs> No. Oh, God. That was funny to me. Clary, she even went as far as to, she made a down payment for lipo and breast implants. She got a personal trainer and she started tanning. She wanted her husband back to the point. She was going to make herself look better, look younger, be fit, everything to bring him back. She was down to compete. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. She knew what she had to compete against. Mm -hmm. So even, you know, she, the two would be seen walking hand in hand back into this dental office. You know, he asked for forgiveness and confessed, even sat down with the kids and his in-laws and confessed everything to them. But, y'all, and as wife, I don't think I would agree to this. He wanted to sit down with Gail alone and talk to her. He wanted to apologize to her. And Clara mm. agreed for it. She agreed. Mm -mm. She had, but what do you want to apologize for? Screwing everyone's life up, maybe. Uh, Even I'd be like, um, I'm sorry, come again? No. 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 She needs to stay over here out of our lives. And you need to stay over here. That's not what he wanted to do anyways. It's not. So... He actually, he had, you know, the second thoughts. And then Clara started doubting him and started having second thoughts and wanted to hire a PI. So she did. The PI actually followed him to the Hilton where he met Gail. But 
according so, so she wait a minute she's thinking that he's called this off and she he's like fine i just wanted to do this and say that she actually was thinking he was at another restaurant i think it was papado's was the actual restaurant is okay. what he told her he didn't tell her where they were going okay so and she's she, got eyes on him currently not just what he's doing all the time yes because okay. she was so distraught she actually called him and pretended that one of the twins was sick and that he would come home he said yeah we're just at papado's i'll be right home so, in her head, this is what's going down. Yeah. But in reality, the P.I. is sitting up there and following him. So, she knows. She knows he's lying. He just keeps yeah. lying. He just keeps lying. They're stacking up. Those lies are adding up again. Mm. So, the according to the P.I. and some witnesses, he was, when he met Clara, he was very distraught. And he didn't want to end the affair. Well, of course not. Well, why not? Why have your cake and eat it too, you know? Just exactly. So. You've been putting up with it this for like this long. And so at this point, the PI was set up waiting on Clara and she was calling, demanding to know where David was. At this point, this is when she would grab her stepdaughter, get in the car, and well, the rest is history. Uh -uh. The, actually, there were two PIs sitting in the car at the Hilton. They were had a, you know, the old school camcorders. Yep. Um, and they were waiting on him, and they actually caught the murder on tape. And you can hear them screaming, oh my god, oh my god. So the trial began the following February. Uh, Lindsay actually testified against her stepmother, claiming that she told her to stop the vehicle. Prosecution claimed that the actions were more, that, more than a crime of passion, but that she also wanted to hurt David, as she was heard saying in her police interview. Um, they also introduced at the trial a videotape of the crime that was recorded by the PI that she had actually hired, which is kind of a turn of events. The video was very damning because uh, it showed her circling her Mercedes around the parking lot three times, but he's not seen in that video clearly at all. It's kind Literally. of a blurry video, but I mean, it was 2002 and video was not that great. And it was dark as well. It was. And you can also see in the video where she parks next to his body. Mm -hmm. The defense, um, they were trying to prove that she ran over him only once, but that just completely crumbled when the judge ruled their their recreation of the crime by, by private people that uh, this was inadmissible in court. And he said no. Her attorney um, explained what was in the report using the consultant as an expert witness on the stand. They argued that Clara could have only run over him once and that the turning radius of her Mercedes would not have allowed for her to sharply turn and run over him a second time. The video clearly shows her mm -hmm. turning. Trust me, clearly. that car can make a good turn. <laughs> yeah, clear, clearly she was able to get the car to do it. Man, that defense need to rethink that a lot. Yeah. So, prosecution admitted that, you know, yeah, that's a good argument, but they came back bringing in a police officer who had been present at the scene and pointed out another tire track on the pavement that was shown in um, evidence, and the angle of it went directly over David. Mm -mm. And that's kind of hard to dismiss at that point. Yeah. She was advised not to take the stand, which is very wise. But um, after watching days of testimony, she decided that she had to speak. She took the stand, 
and allowed parts of her original interview, which her attorneys had previously gotten ruled inadmissible, to come into question. Hmm. Only part of the interview that was played, the jury heard Clara state that she wanted to hurt her husband, but not where she'd said later, I didn't want to kill him. So, I mean, they, they kind of picked and chose what they wanted to play at that point. Well, she did say, I just wanted to hurt him. She did. But also at the same time, how would that not be a crime of passion? She didn't plan that. Yeah, I think she drove up there with intention to confront them, but I don't think she drove up there with intention to actually kill them. No, I don't think she drove up there by any means saying, I'm going to run him over either. Yeah, I think, like that I was, was saying, definitely not planned. those no. intrusive thoughts just right. got in the way and just like, boom. <clears throat> so, she was, she was found guilty of murdering her husband and on a turn of events on February 14th of 2003, her wedding anniversary. Oh, God. Yeah. What a special day. Yeah. Mm-mm. She was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Yikes. The maximum sentence allowed by the jury's sudden passion finding and fined for $10,000. I mean, honestly, if I've ever heard of a case having sudden passion, that would be it. I, I, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, you know, because you hired a detective. Yeah. But to actually go and see them together, that's a whole different perspective. Yeah. I mean, they were going to bring her back, you know, photographs and video evidence of the affair, you know, like the show cheaters would do. But this actually going in person, standing in that lobby, watching him and his mistress come off that elevator, you know the shock of it all, and mm-hmm. just standing there and seeing them together, knowing what they'd just been up in that hotel room doing. And it's the place where you had your wedding reception, where countless dinners and anniversaries and everything had been spent there, and to see this. And you brought another woman here. Yeah, to a place that should have been sacred, that should have been happy memories. Well, one thing I can say is... Whatever he did, what do they say? Whatever he did to you, cute. Whatever he did with you, he'll do to you. Yes. So if he cheated true. with you, he'll do it to you. Yep. So she was incarcerated at Mountain View Unit in Gatesville, Texas. Where she converted school textbooks to Braille for blind students. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, her two sons, they were um, in custody of family friends, but they were actually able to go visit mom once a month. So they still got to see mom. So that's I don't a good remember. Thing. How old were they at the time? I can't remember. I believe they were five. Wow. So they were young. So she was first denied parole um, on April 11th of 2013. But... And again, I apologize. And her and her second parole request was denied in 2016. However, she actually was granted parole in November of 2017. She was released from prison on May 11th of 2018, and then she was actually released from parole in February of 2023. Oh, so she's fully done with. Her. She's fully done with everything. She's a free woman now. Wow. So. That, that's, she's getting to live her life. She's getting to be with her kids. She's getting to live everything. But can you just, though, imagine what all she did miss, though? A lot of their life. Yeah. A lot. 
some very pertinent years of their life, unfortunately. I wonder if that would be something that she would talk about, like, regretting doing. You gotta think there is some regrets in that. Yeah. Because you have to think, face your kids now. Yeah. Which you, you did to their... You killed their father. But even after the murder, she was heard saying, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, you know, that's immediate regret right there. That is immediate regret. Yeah. Because at the time of the murder, you know, her mind wasn't working. And literally, it was not. She was not thinking of this is like when it's a planned murder. Yeah. She was just beside herself. It's just, it's a sad case. Yeah. It, it really is. is. But don't cheat, guys. Yeah, don't cheat. If it is not worth it, just in the relationship. Right. Divorce is all that cheaper than this, I promise. Okay, everybody. Let's take a big deep breath. Thank y'all for listening. Join us next week as we bring you a brand new case that is swirling in our heads. All right, my crime crazy people, we will be back next week with a brand new episode. To see all of our source material, please consult the show notes. Don't forget to click that subscribe follow button and catch us on our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Vela Humanity Podcast. Also, if you have any questions, you want to provide feedback, or even a case suggestion, please send us an email. We're at velofhumanity at gmail.com. We welcome the feedback. Hosted by Kimberly Taylor and Melanie Yelvington. Produced, edited, and music by Courtney Santos. A Bronx Bay production. Okay, Bronx, tell everyone we will see them again next week. Mm -hmm.